0: Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is Season 2, Episode 2.04. We're continuing with the uh, Know They Self process, and today we're looking at the third introspective question, What is your timeline? My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I'm the founder of Rekindling's Know They Self Concept. And my name is
1: Zachary Rios, and I am a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry and pastoral leadership. So, Zach, why don't you... um, recap for us real quick what we discussed and learned last session
0: as we talked about values.
1: Sure. So last week with values, we were just talking about another foundational aspect of who you are. And we said that your values are those concepts or elements of life that you deem highly important. So we said that those are important because they really affect the decisions you make and the actions you take. And they also explain why you pursue the things you pursue and just why you do the things the way you do. And then lastly, just another practical thing that they help do is they explain why you get upset about the things you get upset about and are happy about the things that please you. And so we walk through just how to rank your values. And then we just went through a process of unpacking them and really getting into the implications of the different values that we came up with.
0: Okay, good. So so you've, if you're the listener listening here to the season, you've went through your beliefs, you've went through your values. And so tonight we're going to talk about going through your timeline. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about here is is from your past, your, your birth up to present, not your future. And so what you want to do is, is you're going to split your life into stages. And if you did that, what would it look like? So for example, your first stage is always going to go from birth until... When, and this is going to vary from person to person. Your first stage may be from birth till age two when you had kidney surgery. It may be from birth until age seven when your parents divorced. It could be from when you were born to age 10, which is when your family first moved to California. Um, your first stage may be all of childhood, all the way through the end of high school. And so you, would, you identify where would I kind of make that first cutoff point. And then what would your second stage be? It would go from when until the next section, right? Mm-hmm. And so people typically, they'll split their their stages up by things such as, um, you know, moves that the family does or that if you're older that you do or tragic events that occur or major transitions. You can also see that, that stages will overlap. In general, they kind of go um, successively. Sometimes, though, um, you might have two, two stages going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so as you're identifying those stages and you're, and you're splitting your life uh, into them, just starting from birth and going from there, you can label them by the ages. You can label them by the dates, you know, the years. If you moved a lot, uh, say you're a military brat or something, you can label them by all the locations you lived in. I know some people actually give their the different stages titles uh, and they would say, I'm going to give, my, I use titles in mine. I'll give an example of that later. Uh, and it's interesting to watch, you know, again, we've been doing this for a long time. I've seen somebody in their mid twenties that had three stages. Their first stage was from birth through the end of high school, they just had the childhood mm-hmm. um, and, and teen years. And then their second stage was college where she had met her husband, and then her third stage was marriage. She was like 24, 25 at the time. So she just had three stages. Then I also did another self a while back uh, with a girl that was 36, and she had, I think, 32 stages. Mm-hmm. That, that's wow. the record. <laughs> um, and because she had done all these different jobs and traveled different places and had all these different experiences experiences and she had allowed each one of those to be their own stage. So those are all very, very short stages. So you can see you can get anywhere from two or three stages to thirty um, <laughs> with that. But just
1: every every person's time is going to vary on that. Yeah, and as you go through this, I think that it's worth mentioning that it doesn't matter how many stages you have. So you right, don't have right, to say, oh man, I, I only have three stages. Well he he has like sixteen. Um, so don't don't try and compare yourself to other people because your stages are also very different from mm-hmm. their stages. And so just different things have occurred. So it's just not worth that comparison.
0: Yeah. Like for example, I'm, I'm 44 and I have 10 stages. And so everybody's different. This goes back to one of the rules we said in the first session of don't compare, mm-hmm. right? You, you are you, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so once you've identified those stages, maybe you have three, maybe you have eight, maybe you've got uh, 15, whatever, mm-hmm. you've identified each of the stages. Then you want to go back and and you want to explore and elaborate on each one of them a bit. And this is, um, you're gonna to wanna to think eternal, internal, external. So that was a lens that we used back in season one in episode 1.03. So if you haven't heard that, you can go back and, and listen to that. Yep. But you wanna, uh, as you go through and explore, you wanna explore the eternal significance of that stage. Like what was God doing um, and, and, and how the, your walk with him was going. Mm-hmm. You wanna look at the internal aspects as far as how are you feeling during that stage? What were, what were you thinking about during that stage? How yep. was your brain working? And then also external, all the circumstances, right? So, so sometimes it's 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 even though eventually with eie you want to go eternal first Mm -hmm. with this is still new with the timeline sometimes it's easier just to go external first so one of the things that you want to do is is you want to make a list of what are all the highlights in that stage so let's say your third stage was high school um, what were some of the key p- things that happened during high school so some of the key events that stand out to you that you can remember uh, how do they make you feel you know and you can even go now back then when they happened I felt this way now looking back on it I feel this way yeah. so your feelings might change over time with, what about those events uh, and then what lessons were you learning so as those different events um were happening in, in that stage, what were your conclusions? What was, what was your response to all those, uh, those events and, and circumstances? What kind of changes did you make or actions did you take uh, as you were dealing with all those? Uh, and then in hindsight, uh, did you choose wisely? You know, um, most of us, you know, humans, muddy fields, were very reactionary. And so it's kind of a given. We probably don't always make the best decisions. So now that you've been able to, you know, um, look in the back or, you know, look in the past, um, would you make that same decision and have that same response now? Or would it be, you know, would it be different? Um, What would have been the best conclusion? What were the ramifications and and results of the stuff that happened to you and how you responded, you know, in in turn? Um, As you're looking at that stage, is there a central thing? theme that emerges so this stage this is like you might come up with that title that boy this stage was like the rough years um that's when my parents split up you know for example not mine <laughs> but um the this is when my parents split up or when i had to move to my, to my grandma's you know all, all that kind of thing sure. uh and so what, what that was the, a transition stage this was this was the the golden years you know for your childhood i had a fantastic childhood you know mm-hmm. um and so so how would you how would you sum up that stage and then again come back and look at where was god in all this and, and what was he doing or at least trying to do you know if you if you let him and so you'll want to so you know the first step is you identify the different stages and then the second step is just this to go ahead and explore and elaborate and try to sum up The degree to which you do that will vary from person to person. Mm -hmm. Some people might just put a couple bullet points down. Some people might write pages and pages in journaling. Uh, I do find typically the more you explore and elaborate, the better off you are in figuring that stuff out. But anyways, and so then you'll you'll explore and elaborate for each
1: one of your individual stages. And you might find that it's going to be easier to just start out with a couple bullet points and that as the details really get rolling in your head, you'll be able to just – uh, figure out more details and just be able to write those down and something that you said that I think is really important is just the whole idea of hindsight um, because I heard it said before that hindsight's 2020 mm-hmm. and so you can actually see with clarity like what was going on the situation and everything and so as you're going back if you didn't respond, if you didn't respond the way that you should, uh, don't beat yourself up over that. Right. It definitely right. was a learning experience. And so just uh, take the opportunity to learn from it, definitely. We don't want to say just ignore it and just um, make the same mistake over again. Right. But just recognize how you responded so then you can actually <laughs> begin to move on from that and just re- restore whatever needs to restore or just uh, be able to move on from whatever happened. Yeah. So
0: for this this question three, this timeline, first thing you do is you split your life from birth up till now into different stages. Mm -hmm. The second thing is you elaborate and explore what each of those stages included and start taking your notes down. And then the third thing that you do with this question is you, you take a step back now and look at the big picture. So there's a couple key questions you want to ask yourself. One is as I was writing all this out, is there something that happened to me that I haven't processed through, Hmm. you know, that I I tucked under the rug or I shut out because I didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, It's very important for our brains, our minds to process through that that kind of stuff. So if there is something from your past, it's going to go a long way in having somebody help walk you through that. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's vulnerability, it's raw, but it's so powerful. It's so necessary. So I would say, you know, depending on the severity of it, You may want to consider finding a Christian counselor, you know, and of course, I'm adamant that that, uh, a biblical based counselor who's professional and mature and wise, Mm -hmm. you want you want to investigate and research that they can these guys, they know what they're doing. You know, they went through the training, so they can help pay, help you put pieces together that you couldn't put through on your own. Mm-hmm. Or if it was less severe, maybe you just sit down with a trusted friend or a mentor and kind of talk it out. Uh, you know, pray over it uh, and go through that. So, so is there anything that you had that you hadn't processed through that you need to? Uh, another question you want to ask yourself is now: How do the stages interact with each other? Because life is not; those stages aren't completely independent of each other. Mm-hmm. So, as you look at all the stages, for example, was there was there some event that kept coming up in each of the stages, or some type of event um, Were the stages was like two stages back to back, really similar with just a slight a slight twist, uh, or were they radically different? That you, that you, as a kid you were bouncing back and forth and all these different experiences. Mm-hmm. Just what 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 story does it tell? when you look at all those stages uh, together. Uh, and then, like I said, are, what what kind of overall themes or patterns uh, emerge throughout the stages? This becomes part of the unpacking is, okay, uh, okay so I want, I want to unpack my life. What is the story so far that's been told in my life? Mm-hmm. What does it tell me? What does it tell others Right, as, as they're listening to it? Um, and so, so you really want to get a good feel. You, you want to get a feel for the flow and the tone of your life. Um, where did things go wrong and why? Where did things go right and why? Like you were just saying, what can you learn from that without beating yourself up? Past is the past. Uh, Etc. So then as, as you're getting a really good feel for your story and for these stages that have played out, you want to compare them with your values and your beliefs. Yeah. Um, and so where do they connect? Um, are there any themes or patterns that kept showing up in your beliefs and your values and now your timeline? Mm-hmm. If there's patterns in all three of those, that tells you it's a really strong pattern in your life because these three questions are very foundational to who you are. Um, and so if there's something that kept showing up in all three answers, pay attention to that. That's a clue. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatever, whatever that clue is, whether it's a good clue or a bad clue, it's a clue. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then or, or maybe there was there were some patterns that you found in your beliefs and values, but something was missing. And then all of a sudden there's another pattern that comes out in the timeline that complements it. Mm -hmm. So for example, when I'm sitting doing a mapping with somebody and we're going through all these, as we go through their beliefs and values, you get a really good idea of who that person is. But I have found a lot of times as I've heard the first two questions, I started just concluding, okay, this is what this person's like. This is what God's wired them for, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden their timeline comes up and a whole different element comes up in the timeline that didn't come up in the in the beliefs or the values mm-hmm. and oh you know what that's just as important so I need to rethink kind of my evaluation uh, of that mapping because it has to be included and, and a side note on that why might an important pattern not show up in uh beliefs and values but shows up in timeline like you know when you take a personality test a lot of times it depends on the mood you're in that day Mm -hmm. so when somebody was answering their their uh beliefs for example it just wasn't in their mind it just didn't come up but it did come up in the timeline this is another reason why like and we'll get into this when we get into question four the personality test i like doing a variety of different personality tests because i feel they're all good but Mm -hmm. they're good they're accurate pictures of a slice of who you are. Yeah. And when you combine all of them together, it forms a more comprehensive picture. And so the same with the timeline. If I'm asking beliefs, values, and timeline, all three heavy foundational mm-hmm. questions, usually if something it just it doesn't come to mind for you in one of the first two, it shows up in the third.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting how just a different emphasis can come up depending on how you're talking about something. Oh, yeah. So if you're talking about the beliefs, you'll see one facet of – who you are. If you're talking about your values, you'll see another facet of who you are. And then the timeline can just really bring out just a whole nother side. And you, you might be thinking, well, I mean, that's just like, is that like multiple personality? Like what's going on with that? And no, it's just allowing for the complexity of who you are is really really just what this process is doing.
0: Yeah. That's another reason why I like, I like the (laughs) Nelly stuff so much. So, and so you're looking at, you know, how do all the stages play together? And then how does the timeline as a whole play with your values and your beliefs? Mm -hmm. And so, um, we keep saying, you know, is there any, what, what, make a list of the themes or the patterns or the threads? I, I, I sometimes say in the mapping, yeah. what are the threads that are emerging so you can start begin weaving your portrait right together? Um, to give you some examples, when I had first did like a primitive, know this stuff for myself, this was a long time ago. <laughs> um, man, t- I was probably my 32, 33, I guess, when I was okay. doing this, maybe, maybe 34. Uh, but anyways, and so I had was reading. There wasn't an, another self book yet, yeah. but there were other books, Christian and secular, out there on how to find your calling, your purpose, and or just self introspective books. And a lot of good information. Yeah, uh, and they definitely influenced me. And so one of the things, one of the books that talked about putting together a timeline. And so as I was writing it out, and I was and like you had said, I started kind of with a couple key bullet points, and then kept adding more details. Mm-hmm. One of the things I realized I've had at the time. I'd had 20-something jobs, like 20-something W-2s in my life, just short attention span, quit there, move there, quit there, move there, mm-hmm. a bunch of different addresses that I lived in after college. Um, but I, I was looking at all my jobs, and a lot of them were restaurant. You know, I did, did a restaurant business for a long time, but then I was also teaching English uh, you know, at ESL, mm-hmm. and I was doing accounting and bookkeeping. And it had done some different things. But almost every position I had, I eventually became a trainer in that position. Mm-hmm. So when I was a busboy, became a bus trainer. When I was an accountant, or did book, not bookkeeper, uh, did the bookkeeping training for that that company. Uh, I, you know, I started teaching English at Berlitz. Next thing I know, I'm I'm training the new teachers, and I was like, I never noticed that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've done a lot of training. and I remember in college, and so that made me think my freshman year of college university of illinois i had majored in business and, and i chose like the the sub kind of sub point mm-hmm. to be organizational administration so about like human resources and training and things like that but then i would switched to marketing because i was told that marketing was the most successful of all the majors you sure. know and so i switched over never really liking marketing um and, and but never went back to oa i just didn't think about it so that was you know ages 18 to 22. so here it was like 12 15 years later and i'm like huh so yeah. Even as a freshman in college choosing my major, I just liked the idea of organizational administration. I liked the idea of, like, training and developing, but then didn't know that I liked it enough to actually stay with it and switched over. And then 15 – you know, I go off on my, my rabbit trail, uh, my prodigal son stage, so mm-hmm. my 20s, all that. And then all of a sudden I start coming back around again, and I'm like, oh, that's just really interesting. So that was something I couldn't ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, that, okay, so training is something that keeps coming up in life. Uh, other examples, if let's say somebody moves a lot, and so in their timeline there's there a whole bunch of moves, that could be a pattern uh, or a hint that like God had allowed all these moves to, so for you to create adaptability, because you have to, to adapt to a new circle of friends mm-hmm. and a new environment. And so he was developing that adaptability in you because whatever your calling in life is, you need adaptability. Yeah. Uh, another example may be I've seen <clears throat> excuse me, a couple people with a lot of death in their timeline. Uh, family and friends, just, I mean, like when they're listening, like my grandma died at this age, my dad died at this age, my cousin died at this age, my neighbor down the street died at this age. And just in their timeline, they brought up a bunch of deaths. Mm-hmm. Well, that tells me there's a pattern there. And so they hopefully, if, if they've been maturing and they had good, solid people around them, they've been learning how to respond to death well. Um, and so that it shows that there might be some hint, and God's calling for you that He wants you to be able to help counsel people, whether it's professional or informal, mm-hmm. uh, on how to how to grieve. You know, um, if you had a lot of. Um, um, diversity in your life. And so you grew up in a, in a non-homogeneous environment and even jobs that you've taken, you know, there's a lot of diversity there. Then there's, there's something there. These are just different examples. So this yeah. is the kind of thing that you, the listener, want to listen to
1: as you, as you're, as you or pay attention to mm-hmm. as you're evaluating all that. And I also would just want to encourage you guys to not get frustrated if you can't see the big picture stuff right. quickly or if it's not very clear. Um, Just being a lot younger than you are, um, I have had some difficulty just even as we were going through preparing for this and I've gone through Know Thyself. Just going through and seeing some of those different Mm -hmm. patterns and things emerge because I just haven't had as much life to really see those begin to develop. And so would just definitely encourage wherever you're at um, that this, this does take work. Uh, This isn't going to come overnight. It's not going to just drop out of the sky onto your paper or anything. Right. Uh, It's going to be a process, but we both think that it's really worth going through the process in order to just get to... So those big picture ideas so you can really continue to work through things and mm-hmm. just be able to figure out that different perspective that we were talking about a minute ago.
0: Yeah. So if you're having uh, trouble identifying the stages or <laughs> you're young enough, that you don't have a lot
1: of stages. Mm-hmm.
0: That's OK, because there's nine questions and, and know they self and, and everything that needs to come out is going to come out. Right. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this now. So we, we've explained what this question is and what does it mean to, to figure out your timeline and the stages? Uh, we've done this with each of the, of the questions so far. Why is this important? Um, what kind of benefit, you know, because someone could be sitting there saying, ah, that just sounds like a lot of work. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'll skip this one, and I'll just do the next question in the, in the next episode they do, right? Yeah. Um, if someone was considering skipping this one, what might you say to them? Like, no, no, you really want to do this, and this is why.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of different reasons why uh, you should continue to do this, and some of those we've alluded to already. Um, but one thing that I'll just start off with is when I went through this, last fall, I believe, um, about probably six months ago. I... Looking at my life stages, I didn't really go into much depth with mm-hmm. them. I just did some more general concept type things. And now looking back, I wish I had gone deeper. Mm. And so that just might be one encouragement that you do actually want to go through. Um, because probably at some point you'll really begin to recognize, oh, okay. And it just might click for you one day why this is beneficial. Um, and, and so why – why like now that you've looked past it, like, you know what? I want to put more details down. Why do you want to put more details down? Yeah, um Really, one of the main reasons is because it just can illuminate, like we were just saying, that other side of things. And so your beliefs and your values can show you some facets, but there's just something that really can come out when you start going through the life experience side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, it's just really therapeutic to go through and just see the journey that you've been on. Um because you can like we had said you can just begin to work through things and that sort of things so it also can be really revealing uh, like i said earlier the hindsight's 2020 right. you can really begin to see how the different aspects of your life have begun to play together, um, just how this relates to that and how those things combine to uh, really bring out one of your core beliefs or something like that. Uh, There's just a lot of different ways that things can play together. And so you can just really see the patterns and themes and you can also continue to work on those patterns and themes and just um, continue growing. And it really just allows you to see God's interactions and intentionality in your life.
0: Because we do have
1: a really personal God. Um, And so you can really begin to see how God's worked. And that's another thing. um, Just over my experience with college, I came to school wanting to teach. With the end goal, I had it all figured out. Um, I wanted to teach apologetics at the collegiate level. So I wanted to be a college professor, teach apologetics, because I just have a real passion for people to know why they believe what they believe Mm -hmm. and to be equipped to defend their faith um and so i wanted to do that got here and pretty soon it, it didn't take very long and god's like actually you should switch your major and do pastoral leadership I'm just like well, why why do you want me to-? fine so i did mm-hmm. switched pastoral leadership and then okay good um now that you're seeing what it's like and you want to become a pastor switch to youth why why do I want to switch? I don't want to switch to youth because I don't really want to work with middle schoolers and high school. I I guess I could kind of work with that, but I don't really see myself doing either. No, just trust me, switch. Fine. So I switched. And now, uh, just really this year, um, God's just really been showing me, okay, so now that we went through that journey, um, here's the full circle. Mm. You're going to, what I actually have been working this entire time is you're going to go into college ministry. Mm -hmm. but you're, you're not going to do that from a professor side of things. You're Mm going to do that from, uh, either maybe a parachurch type thing or with a local church and just have a college ministry on a campus. And so it's just like, okay, that makes so much more sense. And just Mm -hmm. sitting here, um, even not very removed from the situation, Mm -hmm. I can really begin to see, okay, so apologetics got me here Mm -hmm. uh pastoral leadership and just the things i had been learning just opened my eyes to that whole realm of things and how necessary that was right youth got me on the track to be able to start getting prepared for college ministry and so now i'm here right and it's just really interesting to be able to go through that whole process and uh, that's some of the detail that i would want to add and just be able to say okay and then begin to just keep moving on along that trajectory
0: there's, there's so much that to be can be said about that. It, it's kind of cool seeing him do that slow turn on you. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't doing these drastic turns. So. <laughs> um, he was. I'm gonna get him here, and then and then we'll vector him here a little bit. Then we'll yeah. vector him here a little bit. And it's actually a pattern that we see in scripture yeah. um, with progressive revelation and things yeah. like that. That God reveals a certain piece of information, and then later on He reveals more. I mean, mm-hmm. even like the law, the Mosaic law. Yeah. Um, Nobody knew exactly what God was trying to achieve in the Mosaic Law until Paul got his revelations and explained it in the book of Romans and Ephesians yeah. and Galatians. Uh, and so you see that, that we got to be ridiculously careful about the assumptions we make about where God's leading.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we should really avoid trying to make all these jumps. Oh, this is the area, the, the area we're going in. Mm-hmm. And so if I draw a straight line from here, that's where I'm going. Yeah. That is where you're going if that straight line maintains and it might but it might not
1: yeah and that's just something that god's really been teaching me because i am the planning type of person i can pull up a spreadsheet right now and show you my classes uh for the rest of my undergrad and um god's really been teaching me that that's okay i can i can do that type of planning with the caveat of i need to be willing to follow him where he wants me to go Mm -hmm. and so i can make all these little plans as long as i'm willing to say but I I honestly just want to follow you. Um, And so I think, and it's just really cool how God works with people in different ways and he's wired me to do that and so he lets me do that. Um, But... That isn't the – my spreadsheet isn't the end goal of what's going to happen. It's following Christ is what I'm actually going for. Right. The Proverbs, you know,
0: many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So. Yeah. And we want to make a note that this really is going to vary from person to person. Mm-hmm. So for some people, it says God says, actually, I am going to reveal to you this long straight line, and this is where you're headed. Yeah. Um, where others, God says, I'm going to reveal to you the end, but I'm not going to reveal to you the path that gets there. Mm-hmm. For others, he says, I'm going to reveal to you a fairly unchanging path, but I'm not going to tell you where the end goal is. Or for others, it's, he, I'm going to reveal part of this path, which is just all over the place, and I'm not telling you where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, and so we really have to trust that That a lot of times we're not ready to hear or even do— this goes back to B. do, have, which I, uh, I want to say 1.04— the season, um, uh, season one, so. episode four, I think, um, of just God, m- first and foremost, is trying to develop character in you, mm-hmm. uh, developing your B yeah. so that you're ready to then go do the do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times he won't even have you do certain dos because you haven't developed the bee yet. Uh, and I also believe there were certain things where he wanted to get it done in this stage, but you didn't come around to that. Mm-hmm. And you didn't mature and grow, and so you had to delay it to another stage. I believe God, you know, when the Bible talks about He's ordained things, um, I believe He's He's ordained. Like best case scenario, this is the story that he wants to tell through you. Mm-hmm. But it, a lot of that depends on your obedience and submission and faith and trust and humility and love and all these things. Yeah. Um, and, and God is God. I mean, he's sovereign. And so he can nudge and still make certain things happen. But I do think a lot of things don't happen because we weren't stepping up. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things with the timeline is um, had you have you got off the path in your timeline? Uh, and if so, you need to get back on, you know, and it doesn't prevent your story from happening, but it's going to delay it, you know, un- until that things happen. Yeah. Uh, also, another note with that, I got nervous when I was putting the notes down. and We talked about identifying, you know, when you're looking at your stages and where was God in those stages. I got nervous because I'm, I'm afraid there's going to be people who's going to say, well, God wasn't here. God abandoned me, you know, or or God caused this to happen and he's kind of a jerk. And they can't be discussed today. It's another whole thing with suffering and and determinism and and all that jazz. One thing I will say, so I I wrestle with pride. I have just so much confidence in my perspective of things Mm -hmm. and my decision-making. So this is not someone who's talking to you that, like, is indecisive and wishy-washy. This is someone who's very, hey, this is what it is. It goes. And I've learned I'm wrong to be that way. Um, that in hindsight, a lot of times, like you mentioned the 2020, I was mad that God allowed this or I didn't want to take the blame for that. But in hindsight, I started to better understand what God was trying to accomplish. Or like I thought God wasn't in some situation. But then later on, looking back, I saw that he was. Mm -hmm. In fact, I saw that he was even more than I was. Right. So I never want to put God on trial. And so one of the things is you're going through your timeline. Um, If you've had some rough times, please don't put God on trial. Uh, I believe that he's perfectly good uh, and sovereign. Again, we'll go through all this on on another day. Mm -hmm. But I at least just wanted to throw that out there. Um, So when when someone – try not to get too bitter, (laughs) right, when you're going through your stages uh, looking at all that. Uh, And then one more thing I'll I'll say, too, on kind of the benefits of this timeline is – I had a buddy just the other day was going through Know They Self, and he was talking about how when he would tell parts of his story, he told it in a certain way. But now that he was actually sitting down and trying to write yeah. his whole timeline out, he realized that some of the the dates and, like, order was off, the mm-hmm. sequ- sequential order. He's like, oh, I always said this, but that's not true. And so that's another thing timeline can do is it can actually help organize
1: yeah.
0: your past better so that you're more accurate in understanding, you know, what, what was going on. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you've been persuaded, by the way, this can be very raw. Um, You know, some people go through this and it was very, very rewarding and very, very encouraging. Others, it was very convicting or just it brought up a bunch of stuff from the past you know mm-hmm. so this is a, this is an emotional question um, of the three so far this is the most emotional one so just be be ready for that you know a, as you go through it
1: yeah and that actually reminds me of one other thing that I wanted to say um, because you were talking about how this can really help you see that you've worked through things and different things like that and something that I've even realized in my own life is there's been times that stuff has happened and I've thought that I've worked through it. Mm. Um, and it's been like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all set. What are no, we're all good. And then something will happen. and It's like, oh, no, mm. no, I'm not. Okay. This, this is okay. This is good for me to know that I'm not actually as over this as I thought I was. Yeah. Um, but you might end up getting some, you might end up getting some of that to come out as you're going through this. Yeah. And so that just goes into the whole, um, it, really sour, uh, going back to the sweet and sour lens. It's a good thing, but it might make you wince. You know, even as we're talking through this, when we were putting the outline together, um, it's fairly
0: straightforward question, mm-hmm. but there's so many, there's so much to this. Yeah. Because even as you're talking, it reminded me, it's going to be easy as you're going through your timeline to be focused on the mistakes of others and the problems that caused you. Yep. Don't do that. I want you to be focused on, like you just said, your strengths and your victories. Mm -hmm. Now, how permanent are they? Maybe some are permanent. You know, they're great. Um, Some of them are on and off. Um, So I want you looking at, you know, your talents. What was – what's something – what's some good that I've consistently caused in my life? Hmm. You know, through being obedient to God, loving others, using the talents and gifts that God has given me. What's a pattern of how I've contributed to the well-being of others? Um, and then I should keep doing that. Yeah. Um, and by the way, if you're at a place in your life where you can't identify that, please do not think that you don't have anything to contribute. Mm-hmm. I had a family member that I did a primitive know thyself self years ago, and we were kind of going through this part. It's like, you know, so what's, what's some of your talents? And he was like, I have no talents. I'm like, everybody's got talents. Everybody yeah. has some contribution. We just had to kind of think outside the box to get there. It was really cool when we did. He, he cried, his wife cried, I cried. You know, It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you want to look for those, the contributions you've made or, or if you haven't made any yet, maybe you've lived a fairly selfish lifestyle, um, know that you still have contributions you can make. You just need to figure out what they are, which the other questions will help with that. Mm-hmm. But in the same way, what are the mistakes that you keep making? What, what are the detriments that you're causing? Do not make excuses for it. You know, do not try to to limit it it or belittle it. Now, like you've said, do not beat yourself up. This is Muddy Fields all over again, which I highly encourage you if you haven't listened to Muddy Fields yet. It's it's episode 1.07 from Mm -hmm. season one. It'll go a long way in helping you better understand your wiring and how to to take a healthy biblical approach to the sin in your life, right, and your flesh. But anyways, but be honest. You know what? I keep causing that. Or if there's a series, let's say you do have a couple people in your life that have constantly contributed to you negatively. They've constantly caused you problems and brought detriment to you, but you haven't handled it well. Yeah. You have no control over them. Hopefully, they're listening to Nelly self or they're walking through with somebody and they're, they're getting their life together as well. But if they're not, then you can know this is the pattern that they're going to be doing. Uh, it's not that necess- this is flight, fight, persevere, right? We keep coming back to these season one lenses. Yeah. Um, but it's it's how can I better respond to them? Maybe it's a flight and, or flee and get away. Maybe it's a fight and try to, to, tr- to change them. But a good chance is it's persevere. So how can you begin persevering through that problem, right? So there's a whole lot. That yeah, can come with all that. So that said, it's helpful to get examples just so you can kind of see. And so Zach and I are, are going to give ours and you'll see how different they are because again, don't ever compare. Every timeline is different. Yeah. So I'm going to give, I'm going I'm to walk you guys through just quickly my timeline uh, so you can see what my stages are. And then Zach will walk you through his mm-hmm. and then we'll unpack each of ours just a little bit and then we'll do some Q&A and wrap up. So, so my timelines, um, I have 11. I'm 44 now, so my first stage was from birth through junior high. This was 1972. It was Year of the Rat, just a little side <laughs> trivia there, uh, through 1987. And and I put just a quick summary there. It was just a great childhood. Um, I had I have a twin brother. He's uh, fraternal. I love him. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in that Midwest childhood. So we had, it was the two kids. It was the dog in the backyard. We had a small dog, so he lived inside with us too. Um, It was, you know, all my cousins, most of my cousins lived in the same town as me. So spending summers with them, Um, you know, my brother and I did well in school. My parents were ridiculously loving. You know, we had a really cool church that we went to. Um, It was just a safe it was just a great foundation to build on, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm so thankful for that. I think it's given me a lot. I think you know, there's I think like for example, going through this. Um, well, actually, we'll evaluate later. Let me just – let me keep popping through this. <laughs> I started to rabbit a trail. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's first stage. Second stage was high school, um, 1987 through 1991. This is where my personality really started to come out. Uh, and so it was, you know, I want to do things my way. It was that strong uh, personality, and it really started emerging. It was a little bit before, but, but definitely there. Also some insecurities. I never felt um, I f- fully uh, – Fit in in high school. I, mean, I, had, I had good friends and had circles that, that I ran with, um, but sometimes there was a disconnect. Uh, my third stage was college at the University of Illinois Fighting Illini uh, from '91 to '95, and this was my first time really seeing the world because I did grow up in kind of a bubble. It was uh, it was you know Nazarene denomination. Little stricter. My parents were a little stricter, mm-hmm. uh, and so I didn't have a lot of diversity. I didn't experience a lot of stuff. So I come to University of Illinois, and I see all these different ethnicities mm-hmm. and cultures, different worldviews and mindsets. Mm-hmm. Right, all the temptations that I didn't have um, when I was a kid. You know, the, the bars and all that stuff. And so it was just opening up and seeing the world, uh, and and becoming very active and very engaging. I didn't just want to sit at home. I was out joining different groups, and, and you know, I I started to learn, meet people everywhere. So my fraternity brothers, when we'd go out, like, how do you know so many people? And it was just because I was constantly talking to people in my class or the groups that I joined, just very, very active with that. My fourth stage um, was 1995, 1996. That was the first year or two out of college. This was my my independent stage. And so this is where I was becoming the boss my own boss for the first time in my life, and I thought I was a brilliant boss. Yeah. Um, but my selfishness immediately came out. And so I was ma- all the decisions I was making was based on what I needed or what I felt I needed or what I wanted. So that led to my fifth stage, which was the spiraling down stage. This was from 96 to 01, right, about five years or so. And so this was uh, a lot of partying, um, more, right. more, more selfishness, more just living in the moment, not thinking long-term, not thinking about God. This was my prodigal son stage that we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just... I mean, and I look back now and you're like, man, you know, I can just, just see myself just, just getting deeper and deeper in, into that selfish kind of darkness. So that led to my sixth stage, which was my rock bottom stage. And this was in 2001, 2002. Uh, I got a DUI um, at that time, right after 9-11. I moved to Dallas, Texas to, with a job. I had a really hard time connecting with people, making friends. I, I met a couple, some I still keep in touch with. But overall, I, I wasn't connecting people down there. I felt very alone um, and very just disconnected content with life. And so it was at that, that time that I realized I need I needed God in my life. So that led to my seventh stage, which I have is just uh, really kind of one month, April of 02. So it'll be uh, actually, so it's 15 years this month um, that I said, all right, God, I can't be the boss of my life anymore because I know the decisions I make. So I need you to be I need you to take over. I want to read your word again. I want to pursue you. I want to be in Christian community. Um, I need you to, 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 to direct me. Right. Um, so then that led to my eighth stage, which was from 2003 to 2005. And this was now that I was back in God's fold. Him, he began revealing to me my calling. So this was in my early 30s, by the way um that he started showing to me you know taking my own kind of primitive know thyself and all that figuring out god what do you have in store for me where should i go serve and, and, and what's my calling my purpose my niche right mm-hmm. uh in life and so started developing that this is where all the rekindling stuff first started coming into play and developing all that mindset so then that led to the uh, ninth stage which was from 2005 to 2010 i hated this stage this was my struggling maturation stage and so God, you know, I, I repented and got back with God and he showed my calling to me, but I wasn't ready. This was the B development. Mm-hmm. It was the character development. So there was just a lot of stuff. I felt very lonely. I felt like I was being lazy, um, but, I, but I stayed persistent. I I, I started to, to do rekindling full time. I wasn't making any money. I had to live with friends for free. And that drove me up a wall. My pride, you know, that I had to live with somebody for free because they were more successful than I was. There was no stability there. Um, I was letting go of my past life and didn't. Know what new life to hold on to Mm -hmm. socially, even it was just an awkward time. But I really, in hindsight, I realized God was trying to break me of a bunch of my bad habits. Um, and so then that led to my 10th stage, which was a seminary and honing stage from 2010 to 2013. So come down to, to Lynchburg to go to the, um, Liberty, the seminary, um, getting the two master's degrees in the theological studies and, and the pastoral counseling, uh, honing and refining my theology and my, again, my, my muddy fields, right. And the counters, and all them. them was just continuing in the maturity, but also getting a whole lot more information. Met some incredible, fantastic people down here. Right. And, and that was a, a cool thing. So it's increasing my my confidence and my connections and contacts, increasing my information, increasing my skills, a whole lot of increase. Mm-hmm. And so then that transitioned into the stage I'm in now since twenty thirteen, so the last four years, which is the expanding of rekindling. And right now it's not the expanding of the organization, it's the expanding of the material. So now that, that I've begun developing my B character, I am in a better place with that and I had increased all that information and contacts. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just rolling I'm rolling out the unpackings and the lenses and doing the podcast and just, just expanding all that. So that's just a quick recap of the 11 stages of my timeline. Here I am today.
1: And then I uh, am a sophomore in college. I turned 20 at the end of the month. Um, and I have six stages. Um, my first stage is just the childhood stage. I had really a great set of Christian parents that were just incredibly supportive um, and just gave me a lot of different experiences. The second stage that I had was my middle school stage, and that was when I really began to understand um, a lot more of what Christianity actually was supposed to be, but I really wasn't very consistent with it. Mm. Um, That's probably the closest that I had to a prodigal son stage, just in in my own story. Um, My next stage was – my third stage is just early high school, and that's when I really began to realize that I needed my own faith. I couldn't just Mm. rely on the faith Mm -hmm. of my pastors or my parents. Um, Began to study some different apologetics and was really still a pretty casual Christian, uh, not really consistently focused on God still, and uh, definitely gave him the one day a week, but not really too much more than that. Um, And then probably my late sophomore year to the summer of my senior year, uh, just youth group was really influential in my life. Uh, Had a great youth pastor that was really intentional about encouraging and equipping us uh, because we're the church of today. And so just giving opportunities to serve and just learn so much more uh, and just something that God really began to teach me during that stage is how I need to fully rely on him and not myself. Um, Because I had always been the type of person that if I wanted to go do something, I could pretty much just do it and do a pretty good job at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just God really used that time to show me, yes, I've gifted you, but that doesn't mean you don't need me. Right. And that was really the beginning of that whole mindset. And then, uh, my fifth stage was actually really instigated by a summer camp I went to up at Lake Ann in Traverse City. Uh, they had a program called Reborn Rangers, which was basically a leadership type thing. We had a bunch of speakers. It wasn't like the fun run out and like play paintball. Um, It was more sit in a classroom, listen to different speakers, and they gave us a binder of just information that we were going through. And it was incredible, really focused on evangelism and some different things like that. And that's when I really realized that I needed to fully surrender to God Mm -hmm. um, because I really am am incapable of doing anything without him. Right. And so that really just solidified that and really prepared me for the stage that I'm currently in, which is just the college stage. Uh, and so that's, I've God's been teaching me a whole lot um, through rekindling and just different people that I've gotten to know here and different professors and different things, applying the details of the Bible to the details of my life. Uh-huh. Uh, that's something that God's just really been showing me. Um, and also something that I've been learning is that God loves me the same regardless of what I do. Mm -hmm. And so I don't need to beat myself over up over sin. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been really just empowering. Um, And so just really growing that relationship with him, focusing on a lot of the different B characteristics uh, as he starts preparing me for more of the do stuff. Um, And then just really he's been showing me more recently, probably in the last six months, year, year and a half ish, Um, just that I need to be trusting in him Mm -hmm. and that it's not a bad thing to trust in him. I was meeting with a pastor last spring and he said um, something that still stuck with me. And he said, uh, because we were just talking about trusting God and that whole thing. and um, I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of freaked out because I don't know what he's going to do. And he said basically something to the effect of if you're worried about what God's going to do, then you have a faulty view of him. Mm. Because if you don't trust God if you don't believe in the goodness of God to mm-hmm. the extent that you're not willing to go where he wants you to go because you don't trust him with that, right. then there's something that needs to change. And that was convicting. Um, and so God's just really been showing me that I need to be willing to follow him because he is everything that he says he is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those punches in the guts oh, yeah. <laughs> those are the big ones. So now uh, we're not going to go into some huge, you know, counseling confession <laughs> thing here and, and elaborate on all this. But just to highlight a little bit of the patterns that we see or mm-hmm. the takeaways that that we have from our timelines. So I, when I wrote my my, my actual timeline, has all the details. It has every job I ever I took, every apartment that I ever lived in, the roommates. Right. I record when I was put my timeline. I put it all down. Right. Mm-hmm. But some of the patterns as I look through it all, um, one was the training and uh, and engaging. So in a number of different ways, with the organizational administration degree and all that stuff mm-hmm. just and, and most of the jobs that I took you know I, like I said I became eventually became a trainer in that position uh, and so I did a lot of training and I enjoyed the training um, I did had given speeches in high school to large crowds and was comfortable with that Illinois mm-hmm. Teen Institute and some other ones and so and so I so I definitely saw boy there was a lot of training and, and engaging uh, of, uh, of people yeah. um, another one was uh, and kind of from that like under, underlying one was passion and thinking I've always been Ridiculously passionate about whatever it was. So, Gandalf and Lord of the Rings, or God in the Bible, or or WWE wrestling, or even Mm -hmm. bartending, um, or traveling. There's just a lot of passion with that stuff. And I've always been a thinker. So even as a kid, I remember uh, at night I would lay down and take me like an hour to fall asleep because I would sit there and I'd review what I'm talking like junior high and high school. And I would sit there and review my whole day, like what I'd done. And then I would try to prepare for the next day and like what I needed to get ready for. I would start making a bullet point list in my head of things to do. So just constantly thinking and and passion. I've had friends of mine tell me, uh, "Dude, you're intense, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. So, so a lot of intensity uh, wrapped up with, that, that engaging in that training. Uh, another big pattern for me was do things my way. Um, mm-hmm. Just just utter confidence in my conclusions probably right. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that that was def- definitely a theme coming up. Um, also, never fully gelling. I don't think I paid much attention to this until later on when I was reviewing the timeline again. Never felt like I was fully clicking with where I was supposed to. And, and only recently have I have begun to realize it's part of that perfectionism and high expectations that I have. Mm-hmm. And it was um, sometimes just like, how do I say this in, in short? I had always been raw. Like I, I had my, my skills were raw. My, my muddy fields were raw, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. As I got older, I started to refine those muddy fields and those weaknesses. So I got really good at those sins in my life, but still everything else was still raw. And so part of the reasons was I was constantly just bumping up against people. And so only in the last decade or so, have I begun wanting to submit more to God? Wanting to submit more to the situation or the environment? Mm-hmm. Wanting to submit more to my elders and, and those that I have respect for? Realizing that even even if if my answer is probably the right one, there's a time and place where you just submit to that, you know, to the situation or the person, and you, and you don't push that. My dad used to always tell me, you know, son, you got to pick your battles. And when I was younger, I was like, Dad, I'm fighting them all, you know. <laughs> uh, and as I get older, I understand the wisdom of that yeah. that you do need to pick your battles, you know. So so looking through all that. Um, Kind of my big thing was, like, like, like what, what was my big takeaway looking at my timeline? God has definitely wired me to explore and investigate, like, him and the Bible and what he's trying to do, yeah. to ponder on that, and then just to engage other people in this charismatic way and train them. That's definitely what he's wired me to do. But one of the things that he also has begun revealing to me, and that was, like, a natural talent that he gave me, I don't have a lot of temperance. You know, um, because I want to do things my way in the moment in that raw fashion. And so God has said, So I've wired you with that training and that knowledge. So continue doing that. But I haven't wired you with the ability to show temperance with that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I don't want you to do that. I, I wanted to show you how problematic it was going to be. So um, I have, I've had someone tell me, You know, Shannon, um, you're really easy, it's really easy to get ticked at you because of the stupid stuff that you do and your selfishness, but then it's hard to stay mad at you, you know, because of that charismatic. So I used to abuse that and just (laughs) manipulate people. Um, So, but learning that God's like, listen, I've got this calling for you, but you don't have everything it takes. Kind of going back to what you were just saying with the trusting of God. And so, and so looking at all those patterns, you know, knowing, okay, cool. So training is definitely something up there, but a lack of temperance is also something that's there. Mm -hmm. And so I need to learn how to, to lean on God to get that so that I can best gel uh, and I really feel like for, for, you know, right now where I'm at in my life, I feel like I am gelling overall. Mm-hmm. Um, because But because I'm showing more of that temperance, right, and that, that submission and humility and all that. So there's more to it um, there. But that just gives one thing I took away. I just want to give you an idea of, of how you can evaluate your own timeline. So what about you?
1: Yeah, and I kind of have a different perspective on things because – and this goes back to something I said earlier, I haven't really had a lot of time to really make the patterns in my life in order to see the patterns that have been made. And so it's much easier. Um, and maybe this will be encouraging the fact that I don't have too much to say. (laughs) Um, because really there, I do have a couple things that I can see. Um, but in general, I think that, um, God's, I'm still in a, I'm still very much in a preparatory stage. So God's preparing me for things. Right, right. Um, some of the main takeaways that I have is one of them is basically summed up in something that one of my pastoral leadership professors says. And he says that we need to be available to God to do whatever He wants, wherever He wants however he, and just however he wants to do it, whenever he wants Mm -hmm. to solve those. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we just need to be willing to do that. And that's just something that God's really been showing me through, uh, just the journey that he's taken me on through college and switching majors after I had everything all figured out, uh, and that whole thing. And really, I think that one of the main patterns that I can notice throughout, um, just my whole life is that God's preparing me for something and it seems like it's a pretty sizable thing. Uh, which may sound kind of arrogant to say, but um, just there has been some different things in my life uh, where God just has literally spared my life. Um, As an infant, I stopped breathing and Mm -hmm. was blue, or more black from the head to my waist. Mm -hmm. And just there's been a lot of random little things like that where it's just like I could have died, but I didn't. Uh, And so just, and it really just goes back to... um, I just really think that there's something, and I haven't quite figured it out. I think I'm getting much closer to figuring it out, um, but also recognizing that I don't need to figure it out. Right. Um, And just trusting God with whatever he does have for me. Yeah, and, and one thing
0: I'll say on that, too, is we always talk about we don't want to compare each other's callings. So when you say something big, you're thinking about, like, in scope, right? Yeah. So not everybody has... God doesn't have a big scope for them, sure. but everybody's calling is vital. Yes, uh, yes. and so and I know that I know that you, you think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a reminder that that if you're listening and, and you're not sure what God has for you, or go, like, oh, I don't have this big thing. Yeah. It's really easy to. Want to compare and say, oh, I'm not as important, or God isn't, I'm not a favorite of his, he didn't give me that big scope. Scope is almost irrelevant uh, in the sense of God is the master of niche marketing. Yeah. He's got something for everybody, but whatever you're supposed to do, it's vital to the economy that he's trying to develop.
1: Yeah, and I'm really glad that you brought that up because I definitely don't want to be painting that picture um, and something else that's really just kind of influenced the way I see it because it might just be I end up going to a community college and serving 30 students. Um, but something that God's really been showing me in his word is just that his plans are so much bigger Mm -hmm. than anything we can even think or imagine. Right. And so that's been something that I've just really been thinking about over the last year. Um, because I, I I have some pretty audacious things that I think that could be done. Uh, and so just, it's been kind of convicting to say, well, is, are you going to set the bar there or are you going to let me raise it? And so I think that that's something that each of us can, mm-hmm. in our niche that God's preparing us for, not set the bar at a, something that you can attain, Right. be willing to let it, be willing oh, to yeah. have the bar be something that you can't go towards. And so then God can actually begin to move you towards that. Yeah. And so now we are just going to transition into just a time of question and answer so we can hopefully clear up any confusion you guys might have. So the first question that we like to ask is just what are the sweet and sours to identifying your timeline?
0: So what are the sweets to doing this, the, the good things that will make you smile? Well, this goes back to, I guess we kind of touched on this already, but uh, it's very therapeutic. Hmm. It's just nice actually kind of getting your story out there. Most, I don't really know many people that have actually ever done this before. Yeah. And so when you sit and there's something just kind of cool about laying out your timeline and your story and seeing all that. Um, and it'll help identify... Some of the details, we've mm-hmm. talked about the patterns. There's just a lot of cool information that will come from this. Um, the sours are, it can bring up some stuff from the past that maybe you haven't processed through or don't want to process through again. Yeah. Uh, it can be really convicting. If you're being honest with your timeline and you're seeing where there's a pattern in the mistakes that you've made mm-hmm. and not trying to beat yourself up over them and
1: not trying to blow them off either, yeah. that can be difficult. And then also we kind of alluded to this as well, but what if someone is having just difficulty writing out their different stages? Yeah,
0: sometimes it just helps having somebody else there, like like a a sounding board, you know, to kind of bounce ideas off of. So if you have someone that could just ask you questions like, all right, so so describe to me your childhood, Mm -hmm. right, and start listing that stuff out. Um, Maybe you can go back to your parents and ask them to fill in some details, you know, of some of the stuff. Or if you've got a roommate that you lived with for a long time, like through college, contact them and say, hey, what's some of the highlights you remember, you know? Uh, I know there's a timing to it. So, if, if this is just a difficult question or you're not quite at a place that you can do that, it's mm-hmm. fine. You're going to be doing the other questions in Know Thyself, and we
1: can still get to where we need to. Yeah. And then also, uh, just the third question we have here What are we supposed to do in regards to other people's timelines? So, like if you're married, what about with your spouse or children? Or...
0: Yeah. So, this will be a theme in, in, in all the questions in Know Thyself as a whole that Know Thyself as a whole is learning about how God has wired you. And your strengths and weaknesses, and your calling, and, and all that. But it's also learning that. So so it's so it's learning how you're wired, and understanding that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, mm-hmm. that that you are unique, you are beautiful, you have good in you, you have value. You've also got muddy fields. You know we're we're in a broken prologue, mm-hmm. but it's just understanding that you uh, have value and you have potential to do some great things. Yeah. But it's also about learning that other people are also uniquely and fearfully, wonderfully made and beautiful, and they're different than you. And so we have to understand there isn't one right type of person. And so so as you're going through your timeline, um, understand other people have different timelines than you. We, we've referenced this a couple times uh, in this session, mm-hmm. that they're going to have different experiences than you had. Or they might have similar experiences, but because of how they're wired and, and their upbringing, they're going to respond in different ways. And so we really want to show respect and empathy when we hear, you know, somebody else's timeline. Um, it is amazing. There's a whole rabbit show we can go on. We won't today. But it's amazing how much of who you are as an adult is because of your childhood. There's so much I could say. Probably the biggest thing I've learned just doing know-they-self in the timeline specifically is, is how you were brought up has a huge effect on who you are as an adult. So the bad news is you don't have control over how you were brought up you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. So to some extent, you didn't have control over how, who you are today. The good news is you can always change that through shepherding and pastoring and counseling and, and just applying the details about to the details of your life. Mm-hmm. You can reform those synapses in your brain. You can reform the habits, you know, seven steps to change and all that stuff. Um, and so you can, you can come around with that. But so, so if somebody's doing something that just boggles your mind, you have to stop and think, you know what? There might be something in their timeline that affected this. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't justify it, but it does explain it. Yeah. And so we want to have patience with that. And and kind of with that, I highly encourage everybody, once they do their timeline, to sit with somebody, again, spouse or f- a friend or family or whatever, and say, hey, can we get coffee and can I just share with you my timeline? Because not only is it therapeutic to actually go through it, it's therapeutic to share it with another. Mm-hmm. And so they, they can better understand it. I mean, husbands and wives can do this. They already know each other fairly well. This will bring out even more detail. That had just never been brought up before, yeah. and so then once you share, then you ask them, "Now can you do the same? Take take a week or two, do this, you know, do this for yourself, and then let's get coffee or dinner, and then and then you share with me, and that can create some amazing bonding."
1: Yeah, and so do you? Just this last question here: Do you have anything else that you'd want to add to just what we've talked about today?
0: I would just say, you know, how we talk like your values. Every year, year and a half, you might want to re- revisit those values and update the list and the priorities. Mm-hmm. Same for timeline. What I would say is, a lot of times, you know, you don't know what stage you're in while you're in it. It's really difficult to figure out the stage while you're currently in it. A lot of times, it's that hindsight. It's once you get to the next stage. So, so if you've if you're the listener and you've and you've written out your stages and you've elaborated and you've unpacked them a bit. Um, Now just know, keep going in the stage that you're in. And then down the road, you'll realize that you've transitioned into a new stage. Mm -hmm. When you do that, you can go back to your timeline and you can just add, okay, this was the stage I just finished. Here was the highlights. Here's what I learned. Um, You can try to evaluate in current stages, but usually it's easier to evaluate, you know, in past stages. And so just understand that as long as you're keeping that up to date, uh, it'll help give you that direction. Um, Like you're saying, you know, God will kind of shift you and nudge you in different directions. Mm -hmm. If you're actually thinking through what's, been happening to you and what are those patterns it can help you figure out kind of what direction at least for the short term for the short run that you're headed in and that can help you make better decisions with all that so yeah. um, so let me let me finish with just a prayer for everybody uh and then we'll be done for this session um papa i know that this is a a, a powerful question um there's just a lot that has already happened in our in each of our lives and there's a lot more that's going to happen and i just pray that that as a as the listeners are going through this uh, and they're answering these questions that you reveal to them what they need to see. Maybe, maybe you reveal it to them directly, you know, through prayer, through just kind of the nudging of the mind. Maybe you have someone come alongside them uh, and and help them identify what needs to be seen. Um, But let it encourage and convict. Um, If they beat themselves up and, and they think that they haven't contributed much or they don't have anything to contribute, help them just shatter and wreck that opinion of themselves. Help them understand that you are ridiculously invested and intentional in everyone's life and that you did wire them with some calling, some pattern, whatever it is, some plan, uh, and help them see that they can contribute to that, that all of their, their sins and mistakes they've already made is off their record, um, that you are not holding it accountable to them anymore because you paid for it on the cross. Uh, release them from any of that, that, that negativity um, or, Lord, if they're too big for their britches um, and, and they're already, they've already figured out what they wanted to do in life and, and all else things be darned um, or they blow off their weaknesses or they, they overemphasize their strengths. Um, and, and you can use this timeline to or any, any of the questions they know themselves to show them the, the, the more um, honest, realistic uh, um, view of that, of where they have caused some troubles and where they, they do need to be honest about that uh, and be humble and contrite and, and make some changes. Then, then show that to them. Um, if, if they're at a point now where you can begin confirming their specific calling and, and, and showing them how that timeline has already played into that uh, to show them that they're in the, going in the direction they're supposed to, then let them see that. Let them get that confirmation. Let them keep moving in that direction. Um, there are so many more things I could pray for and don't even know what to pray for. So, Lord, I just pray that, that each person going through this process, that you protect them from the spiritual warfare, that you give them um, short periods of, of kind of quiet time or long periods of quiet time so that they can have from other distractions. They can just answer these questions and meditate on them uh, and, 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 and start putting it all together. Um, and just, just do the magic that you want to do through this entire process. And so we, we love you, Lord. We thank you for your investment. We thank you for the stories that you've been telling through each of us. We thank you for your patience and forgiveness when we refuse to tell those stories. Um, and we thank you ahead of time for the directions all these are going in. And we love you, God. Amen. Amen. Cool. Thanks, guys, very much. And uh, we'll see you next session. Sounds great.